Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Packs it for three! Yeah! yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself! Oh my gosh, it's over! Windy City Assassin does it again! The playoffs are not disappointing. All I've got to say is Steph Curry. What a performance that was sets up what I think is the most anticipated series of the playoffs. We don't have a lot of bull stuff to get to, but we're going to talk a lot about postseason basketball. And I guess we do have kind of some bulls things to get to in terms of a what if that's been going around Twitter and I have my thoughts on. We will get to all of it on today's episode of Believe in Bulls. You're on the Believe Network presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Schultz, alongside my partner, former Bulls bench Bob member and Tennessee Vol CJ Watson. CJ, there's been some exciting basketball so far early on in the playoffs. Top seeds are down, but man, this is fun. We're getting to the fun part of the postseason. Yeah, it's been electric. You know, the big time players are stepping up uh, and just what you want to see as a fan. You love to see great basketball, close games, and uh, just players uh, doing the best they can and putting on uh, for their teams. And I mean, the fans have been all over it. I mean, I've been glued to my TV watching all this, and we have two really big series coming up here in the semifinals. We're going to preview those and look back on an all-time performance from one Steph Curry after I tell you about our great sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your basketball information, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs, basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. If you bet on the White Sox, my apologies. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. What are you waiting for? Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V. Get that 50% bonus at Bet Online. It's where the game starts. And don't forget, there's an official store of the network, an official t-shirt of our show, Jordan Pippen 98 The Last Dance, available exclusively at shop.believe.com. There's a lot of great stuff there. I've showcased a couple, couple things over there on the show, but the official shirt of our network or of our show, excuse me, Jordan Pippen, 98, the last dance shop. believe.com support all the shows on the network. The links in my Twitter and Instagram bios. All right. I want to start with the Warriors Lakers series. That's coming up by talking about game seven of Warriors mm-hmm. Kings. We talked about that series a lot last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it lived up to the hype. What a game step 50 points, a 50 piece in game seven, most points ever in a game seven. What a performance at a pivotal moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just typical Steph Curry, you know, doing Steph Curry things. Um, like you said, uh, making crazy shots, uh, getting to the basket, finishing. Um, and just, like I said, just making uh, spectacular shots that no one uh, ever, no one, anyone else can make, but only Steph Curry. So I think it's a, a great game. I think the youth of Sacramento just showed kind of, they got really kind of nervous that third quarter. Uh, start doing things that weren't typical of them from the previous game. So, and the experience of the Warriors just took over. You know, I was wondering when that was going to happen mm-hmm. about the experience and the experience. And if there's one player, well, if, if there's one of a few players, I guess, but there's one guy I don't want to go against in a game seven is Steph Curry. Cause I yeah, mean, yeah. he can take over and he can do it in other ways too. He can pass. He he's got, he's gotten better on defense. He can rebound. Yeah. Like 
he does it all. And that's, that's a guy you do not want to face, especially an inexperienced team like the Kings. I think they'll be back. Sacramento will be back. That's a young team. That's shown what it can do. Get that experience was valuable for them. Yeah, I think so too. It just got a little taste of what championship mentality or championship team looks like. And uh, like you said, they'll be back. They got the pieces to to be back. Uh, Mike Brown is a a great coach and uh, he's going to get these guys back. But Right now, like you said, the, the experience of the Warriors just took over a championship mentality. And uh, Steph Curry, you know, like I said, it's, uh, it's only one of them, probably with the best shooter that we've ever seen and uh, will ever see, uh, probably. So uh, he just took over the game, uh, just did, did what big-time big, big time players do. And that was part of the discussion I wanted to get to. I was talking to my dad about this, and I think Steph is the greatest shooter ever. I think he's already cemented that. That performance proved it. The only one I think that could maybe make a run at it would be Larry Bird. I'd say he'd yeah. be the closest I could get, but I think Steph's cemented himself as the greatest shooter ever. Yeah, for sure. Just the way he makes shots, you know, and the distance that he shoots them from, the difficulty. And uh, exactly. obviously he's, he's only like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, Larry is probably like 6'6", six, six or whatever. So that just makes it even more harder and difficult to make the shots that he's making and uh, and, and doing it at the high clip that he's doing. And um, I would say Clay Thompson will be up there too or Reggie's. But, you know, like I said, but there's no one close to, close to Steph that we've ever seen and probably will ever see again. Yeah, I mean, Larry was before my time, obviously. Yeah, he was born in 98. Like, he was before my time. But you look at the highlights, the pure shot from Larry Bird. Yeah. You give it to him, it's going in. Like, yeah, yeah. From three, you can do the mid-range. With Steph, it's different because you give it to him from, you know, be, about half court. He'll shoot yeah. it, it goes in. The range that he does it. It'd be one, t- it'd be one thing if he did that, like, once in a while. Right. One time he makes a half-court shot, whatever. He does it all the time. The amount of yeah. times during that game seven where he took shots from way the hell downtown, it yep. was insane. And they they kept going in. Like that to yeah. me puts him over the edge. Yeah, yeah. Just like you said, just the difficulty of the shots that he takes and, and making them. Uh, I think the thing I love about Larry that he talked trash too when uh when he yeah. played, uh he was my he was the president when I was with the Pacers. So he used to come down and uh, all the time and talk trash to us and tell us that he could outshoot us and stuff like that. So that's just good memories to to have a great player like that, you know, to be your boss and to have someone that critiques you and uh, actually signs you to a team and has faith in you and uh, wants you to uh, be successful. Did you ever engage in a shooting competition with him? No, he was uh, a lot older. He had, he had back issues, back <laughs> oh, problems, okay. but he, but the, that never stopped his trash talking. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the way you look at him and Michael Jordan go back and forth in the last dance, it was, they're yeah. great friends, but they're going to talk their trash. Like, oh yeah. yeah. That's the what the parodies do. Yeah. Yeah, the, the exact quote I won't repeat on the show is <laughs> there's three words. It was you something forward, you something blank you. I'm just going to yeah, leave yeah. it at that. People right. know what he said in the last <laughs> dance. Like Larry Bird is one of my favorite players of all time. And if yeah, you didn't yeah. know, I, I mean, I covered the Missouri Valley for five years. Indiana State's in the Missouri Valley. Every freaking Indiana State game. I'm national, local. Did you know Larry Bird went to Indiana State? If you didn't yeah. just watch every damn Indiana State basketball game, I'm not. It's yeah. an ongoing joke on Twitter. It's when it's mentioned, like, "Oh my gosh, Larry Bird went to Indiana State." Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. And so, with that aspect too, is one of my favorites. But yeah, watching yeah. Steph, yeah, he's got the three pointer record. I understand that he's probably already cemented himself as the best shooter ever before Game Seven. But to do it when it matters like that, yeah, you take those mm-hmm. kind of shots and lead your team to that resounding of a victory. And by the way. The Warriors sucked on the road this year. Yeah. So to do that on the road in that environment, it's no discussion at this point. The closest would be Larry. Yeah, I think so. And for sure, I know they had a lot of motivation on going to the building with that, with their home record or with their away record being so terrible this year. They had a lot to to play for and to prove. And then I'm sure they didn't want to lose to their to a former coach, Mike Brown. They probably wanted to lose anyone else but to him. But uh, like I said, uh, 
he showed up when it when it really mattered. Uh, his whole team showed up. Clay showed up in the second half, making some shots. Um, Draymond did what Draymond uh, does, and Kevin Looney uh, does great things. He doesn't get enough credit for all the rebounds and the dirty work that he does. Rebounding machine. Yeah, for sure. Like you, you got him left standing. You've got Mitchell Robinson left standing. You got some great rebounders. Yeah, still in the playoffs, but we'll get to that Knicks series in a second because you got Warriors Lakers now. Yep. This I, I said this before we started recording. Every NBA executive, every TV executive was celebrating when the Warriors won that game because now you get Steph versus LeBron. Yeah. It's huge from that standpoint. You got two of the best players in the game, maybe maybe the two best players in the game, depending on who you ask. But I want to look at this from the bigger picture. How big is this series for both of their legacies because of their stature right now? Uh, I think it's, I mean, I think it's, it's it's enormous for both of them, but I think more so uh, LeBron because, you know, he's at the tail end of his career, maybe one or two more years left. I think Steph probably has maybe like a good four or five left if he wants to play that long. But uh, it's uh, it's very important for LeBron to just get out of this series and, and get to the, the conference finals. And maybe we'll get a KD LeBron matchup that we've always wanted, but never, never seen. So, uh, like I said, I, I think the Warriors win. Uh, I think they're still the champs and then they'll be the champs. So someone's so someone beats them, but, I think they win 4-2 in, in game six. Okay, you've got it in six games. I could see, I told yeah. you, I could see five <laughs> games. I could see seven games. I don't know how this is going to go because with yeah. the Lakers, and I agree with you, by the way, Le- LeBron has more at stake just where he's at in his career and everything. Yeah. Like this, is, this could be a legacy-defining series yeah, yeah. for LeBron James in terms of, okay, at, at, at your age, how long you played the game, with all you all the Lakers have been through this year, if they can pull off this series, yeah. it's huge for his yeah. legacy. Yeah, that'd be huge. Like I said, I think they can. I think they can do it. I don't know if they can withstand the shooting ability from the Warriors. Like I said, they gotta shoot better from the three, which they don't really do that well. Um, but they are kind of uh, they're bigger than uh, uh, the Warriors uh, down low, so I think that gives them an advantage in the front court. But like I said, just the shooting ability of Clay and uh, Jordan Poole and Steph uh, just separates them from any other team. <laughs> I mean, we're used to talking about teams that can't shoot the three. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's the name of the show called again? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're we're used to that. But you know, I think the Lakers. The roster situation, they made great improvements at the deadline. That's why they're yeah. where they are. I mean, Rob Palinka did a master class putting yeah. this roster together with, with Vanderbilt and D'Lo and Hachimura. Like, and I'm probably missing somebody in there, too, because it felt like they just added everybody. But, I, I mean, Austin Reeves is still doing good things as well. Yeah. D'Angelo is, Russell. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, is this roster capable of going up against the Warriors and beating them in a best-of-seven series? I think they if uh, this roster is definitely capable. Like I said, they just got to come and play every night. They can't have some some nights and uh, they're playing good, and some nights they take off because that just gives the champs, you know, even more uh, confidence and motivation to to get them out of there. So, uh, like I said, they got to bring in every single night. And I know LeBron's preaching that in the locker room and staying in those guys' ear, telling them how important every game is. Uh, can't take any games off and can't let one slip away. No, you definitely can't let one slip away. I mean this. Both of these teams are playing at a really high level, and the Warriors, like you, you said it best, they're the champs until someone knocks them off the pedestal. Like I'm not yeah. going to count out this team ever. Yeah. As long as Steph and Clay are fully healthy, yeah. and I mean, yes, I know Draymond's a big part of that too, but as long as Steph and Clay are healthy, yeah. I'm not going to count them out ever. <clears throat> and I mean, the Lakers had their scare against the Grizzlies. You know, this is what happens when you poke the bear, I guess. Right, yeah, yeah. You saw what yeah. happened when you poke the bear. <laughs> I mean, trash, you got to back it up. <laughs> don't. Don't dip out on the media like that, man. I'm so weird. Yeah, I mean, I'm calling out Dylan Brooks. We talked about it last week. Don't don't skip out on your media. No, you you poke the bear. You got to face the music when the bear comes back and 
well, I guess Bear comes back and gets you in a way. I'm trying to clean yeah. it up a little bit. Right. <laughs> yeah, he just got you know he has, he has to face his fears. You know he he called him out. Uh, LeBron and the Lakers responded uh, more so the Lakers as a team than LeBron individually. But LeBron did what he was supposed to do in in the crunch minutes and uh, made big plays, big and one plays. So uh, he, he he took the competition and uh, you know did what he does usually. You know it kind of succeeds. <laughs> And 40-point victory in game six to win the series. It doesn't get more resounding than that. And, I mean, I don't think you're going to see that level of trash talk in this Lakers-Warriors. Now, of course, Draymond Green is in this series. I know that can right. be, what's he going to say? I'll, I'll be tuned into the podcast. I know all that. Hmm. Like, but I don't think it's going to be the extent of Dylan Brooks saying, well, LeBron's old and right. I'll put up 40 on him. Well, the Lakers beat you by 40. So you right. got your 40. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if you're going to see any games like that. This seems very evenly matched this Lakers-Warriors series. And this is the one I'm be glued to the most just to see. We know what LeBron and AD can do when AD's not, you know, hurt. But it's the rest of the guys yeah. that I'm watching. And, I mean, D'Lo especially. He he had 31 yeah. points in that blowout win. He's got to keep playing at that high level. No, None of these duds. No nine-point games. No, I mean, get get about, I'd say, 15 to 20 to get you where you need if LeBron and AD are healthy and playing well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. D'Lo is a is a X factor for me for the Lakers team. D'Lo and Vanderbilt, uh, the way Vanderbilt plays defense, um, D'Lo making shots, being aggressive on the offensive end, and also if Beasley can get in there and make some open threes and or tough threes, I could that'll help the Lakers. And for the Warriors, I would say X factor for me is uh, Jordan Poole. He has to come in and play better, take better shots, not force anything. Just kind of just let the game come to him and uh, play off Steph and Clay. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and that's going to be the biggest thing for him is don't force. I mean, I know he's young, yeah. and it's going to happen. Don't force yeah. shots. Let the game come to you and do not don't try to do too much is yeah. the name of the game when you've got those playmakers like that. Let's shift gears here and talk about the Heat and the Knicks. Start with the Heat. All I gotta say is wow. Yeah. Jimmy G Buckets, the G stands for gets. <laughs> I miss him so much. I mean, watching him succeed, it's it's a double-edged sword because yeah, the trade was the trade when the Bulls let him go. But damn, I miss that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just uh Jimmy just plays with hard man and uh this his whole story is this, you know, can go from the upbringing that he had and then also, you know, not getting uh any scholarships for for college and then uh getting drafted by the Bulls. I was a teammate of his and seeing his work ethic and uh seeing the things that he's done from not playing to being a starter and now being an all-star and one of the best players in the league. Just uh he has that whole team uh playing as hard as he he is and uh, they're all playing together and playing smart. Now, when did you play with Jimmy? It would have been early, early on for him, right? His first two years, yeah, he never played. <laughs> right. So he had guys, Luol Ding in front of him, Kyle Korver, Ronnie Brewer. So it was kind of hard, tough for him to get on the court. Bringing back a lot of childhood memories with those with those <laughs> names. I mean, Kyle Korver, we used to, we'd be in the backyard shooting baskets. We'd go way the hell away from the basket. We'd shoot it like, oh, right. hey, Kyle Korver. Right, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of memories there in those names. That's the real bench mob. <laughs> exactly. That's a, there, was a, there were a lot of 2K Play yep. with those guys, um, <laughs> including some guy named CJ Watson was on those two yeah, teams yeah. too. Like <laughs> nobody, nobody remembers him. <laughs> <laughs> <You'd> be surprised, <laughs> but no, like Jimmy, 
I want to look at that. Like you played with him early on when you said he didn't play. Yeah. Now looking at him now, are you surprised by what he's doing based on what you saw early on? No, no, not at all. I, like I said, I've seen his work ethic. I've seen him uh, after practice. When we, we would get done practicing, he would be running uh, suicides and, and getting workouts in in a full sweat because he didn't really practice either. So I'm not surprised by it at all. Like I said, it just shows his work and his dedication. And also by the guys that were playing in front of him, all those guys were great guys, great veterans, Lou Aldean, Kyle Corbin, and Ronnie Brewer. So, you know, he followed those guys and hung out with them and just, you know, like I said, just uh, taking you know, all their all their work ethic. And it's it's paying off in a big way that performance he had in the first round against Milwaukee. How many points did he end up with in that game? It was it it was did he get to sixty? I don't think he got to sixty, did he? No, I don't think so. Yeah, like, might have been like was it fifty nine? I was in I was in the city 55 watching five or something like that maybe. I don't yeah, know. Uh, let me look. It was oh 56. 56 points Monday night. I would uh, watching that game from the hotel room was interesting because I'm trying not to be too loud because there were people next door to me and I was trying not right. to have a repeat of what happened when we were talking and Aaron Rodgers got traded, but right. that was really fun. Um, <laughs> I'm really glad the camera wasn't rolling for my reaction to that, but I'm like trying to watch that game and try to be quiet. I, the whole time I'm sitting there going, I miss Jimmy Butler. And that was a Stacey yeah. Kingism. Jimmy G buckets. The G stands for gets. Yeah, and yeah. one time I actually called him Jimmy G in our newsroom at on three. And they thought I was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm like, Oh no, Jimmy G buckets. Right. <laughs> we, we, we abbreviated as Jimmy G. Like, right. But that was, those were the, the good days before the trade. And I want to talk about this. I did this. I went back and looked because I felt like I did. Couldn't remember. And I did this in September of 21. I went back after Lowry marketing was gone. That era ended. We revisit, I revisited the Jimmy Butler trade to see what kind of happened. Let's look at it again because there's a reason for this. I want to re to revisit the Bulls traded Jimmy Butler in the number 16 overall pick, which later became Justin Patton, who didn't do much of anything, to Minnesota. In return, they got Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the number seven overall pick, which became Lowry Marketing. You know, the only one left on the Bulls is Zach, and I think Chris Dunn has bounced around the league a little bit. Lowry just won most improved player. That went over well. Right. And, you know, Jimmy's on his third team since. But looking at the, the trade packages, how they've come a long way in the last six years or so, hindsight's twenty twenty. Did anybody win that trade? Uh, maybe Jimmy. I don't know. I mean, Jimmy did. <laughs> I think Jimmy's the biggest it. winner of that. Yeah, yeah uh, like I said, I don't know. Uh, I would say, like, sometimes you just got to part with players or, you know, your superstar players and just kind of let them, you know, go on and and do bigger and better things because, like, there's a lot of controversy there maybe. Uh, but, like I said, he was – he was the type of player you want to keep and you always want to keep on your team because he brings that fire and that passion every single game. And he's going to bring it out of himself and the other teammates and also the coaches in the whole franchise. So I think, like I said, I don't really foresee you trading a player like that of his caliber, unless it's really something bad, negative, which I've never heard anything negative, bad about Jimmy. But like I said, just sometimes you just got to split ways just for the best of both, both parties. I think the only like quote unquote negative thing about Jimmy is that he pushes guys and sometimes guys yeah, don't yeah. respond to that. So they take it wrong. Like, no, he's right. going to, he's going to push you and he's going to, yeah, yeah. we talked about it all year. He'll, he'll say it in the locker room and he'll say it to the media too. Like he's yeah. just going to, he'll, he's open. Like he'll tell you yeah. what he thinks. He doesn't hold back. And the reason I do this, we talk about what the bulls need this off season. They need a guy who's going to come in, command the room, back it up on the court, take over games that they need. And He's doing that for Miami. Now, like I said, this is his third team since that trade. It didn't go well in Minnesota. It The Philadelphia experiment is what it was. The Sixers chose Ben Simmons over him. Hmm. And now here he is in Miami. Like, it's tough watching this because what could have been, 
I remember when that trade went down and I'm, I'm really glad the Loyola Phoenix website kind of crashed and all my old columns are gone. Unless you know the back way to get in like I do. Um, no one can find my column where I defended this trade. I thought the bulls were going to come out fine. Like yeah. I thought, I thought Chris Dunn was going to do better than he did. Well, I called that putt too early. Right. Robbery <laughs> just didn't, it didn't pan out. There was a lot of factors in that, you know, with the, with Boylan and then Billy Donovan. Yes. I said his name. I'm over the bit. Like, hmm. yeah, Billy Donovan coming in, it just didn't pan out. And I in Utah, yeah, he won MIP, but did they make the playoffs? No, they didn't. Like, yeah. I think, and Zach Levine is, the jury's still out on that. So yeah. my point is, the biggest winner, like you said, is Jimmy. Just because it, like, okay, gave him a chance to get a fresh start. And then he got another fresh start, and now he's in Miami yeah. as the guy. Right. With the Bulls, with where Gar Pax was, Gar Foreman and John Paxson as the front office, it didn't work. That dynamic, yeah. it did not, that... We talk about Jimmy as a very special kind of player in terms of you have to get Jimmy. Yeah. I don't think there was a connection there. I think there was some kind of disconnect that led to the full-on rebuild. I hope that's a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think Eric Spolstra is kind of more of a Jimmy guy. He's fiery. Yes. Also, he's passionate. And uh, that front office is also fiery and passionate. Um, so, like I said, maybe the the personalities with uh, Jimmy and Gar and, and John didn't match, but like I said, it's matching now and it's working. Um, I'm going to be uh, looking to see how his ankle heals up uh, for game two. I don't know if it's going to you know, be the same Jimmy we've been seeing, but uh, it'd be interesting to see how they rebound from this, uh, from the first game. Now, let me be clear. The Butler trade happened after the three alphas season, which was Jimmy Butler, mm -hmm. Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo. And don't forget Robin Lopez was in that locker room as well. That was personalities. Just, there was a lot of personalities, <laughs> and your coach was Fred Hoiberg. And don't get me wrong, Fred's yeah. a great college coach. There's a reason yeah. he has the reputation he does in Ames, Iowa. He's had some big transfer portal additions, some big recruits coming in at Nebraska. I think he's on the right track there. That's a lot of personalities for a guy to manage in his first NBA coaching job. It just, yeah, I don't think I personally don't think they set Fred up to succeed very well. Right. So that kind of led to the rebuild, and Fred got kicked to the curb, and they. The Boylan experiment, I just the epicest of I'm making up words at this point. The most epic of <laughs> epic fails. Like that was just right. all around bad. You were the laughing stock of the league. I don't think Jimmy would have wanted to be there for that. Yeah, but yeah. I don't just think based so. Based on yeah, what yeah. we're seeing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, like you said, it was just uh maybe just to get him a head coaching job to see if he can really do it. And obviously, you know, uh his number one uh fan is is you, and uh, I don't think you liked him that much. And <laughs> so I don't think he's gonna be getting more head coaching jobs anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> no comment <laughs> i mean i sat in on one of those press conferences during my internship and i gotta be careful in, in though you gotta be impartial you gotta be you gotta be professional yeah. you gotta be nice i'm sitting there going at what point do i walk out of the room <laughs> i just it it failed so bad yeah and if jimmy would have been there i mean jim went back and forth with zach like right. it was zach levine going back and forth with jim boylan imagine if jimmy butler was in that locker room yeah, I don't want to know what would have happened. Everyday, everyday struggle. <laughs> yeah, like, and it was an everyday struggle to begin with because you kept hearing about the the punch clock to come in and the the long practices after back to backs, and yeah, yeah. he came in firing, and you know, if, if Jimmy was in that locker room, I think you would have heard a lot more about this alleged mutiny that came out, and that was well reported that the players just did not respond, right? Boiling right away. If Jimmy was in there, no, it's probably a good thing that he got out of Chicago when he did because we wouldn't be talking about him the way we are right now. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Yeah, it would be a lot of bad stuff probably written uh, in the paper about him. Like you said, that's what happens when you have, you know, first-time coaches come in and, and and also a rebuilding year in franchises and uh, superstar players not getting along and not not getting no, not, not necessarily getting their way, but just not agreeing with the head coach. So that's always a, a difficult task. 
I'm so glad that air is behind us. Even as, as rough as this year was, as up and down as it was, it was way better than what it was three years ago. I mean, that yeah, yeah, team, sure, it yeah. was just frustrating yeah. watching those teams. And I mean, I was, when I did my internship, we had the Bulls outsiders on and they were, they were fans doing their post post game show. And even they were just tired and fed up. And right. now Jimmy's in a good situation with, I've been saying that Eric Spolster is arguably the best coach in the league. I think, it is now settled after the performance against the Bucks. Eric Spolster is the best coach in the NBA. You know, am I wrong? Uh, I would say he's up there. I like Mike Brown too. I like T. yeah, Lewis. Mike Brown. I think okay. those. I think those three are probably the top top ones. Uh, uh, so far, but like right now, yeah, Eric Spolster is definitely doing what he's supposed to do. You know, junking up the game. Uh, for Miami because they don't really have I, I don't think a lot of talent, but they just play harder than everyone. And they, like I said, they just junk up the game. They, they don't let you play one on one. They crowd the crowd the lane, and uh, like they they do what they're supposed to do defensively and offensively. They just make shots when they're supposed to. <laughs> and they lost Tyler Hero. Yeah, they lost Tyler Hero. They were a bad three point shooting team to begin with. Somehow they're making all these threes. So I think that's a credit to coaching, and it goes beyond Spolstra. I mean, he's got a good staff too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I I think if you make a case for Mike Brown with how the Kings did this year. T. Lou, you can't see what he can do when he has the star players healthy. Yeah, right? yeah. And I'm not going to, I don't want to be, I know there's been stuff going around about what's going on with Kawhi. I saw JJ Reddick on first take and I thought he had points. I don't want to blame Kawhi. I just need, they got to stay healthy and I want to see what he yeah. can do with a fully healthy roster. Yeah. And you can always go back to the 3 1 lead with Cleveland. Yep. Like that was him. So yeah. you can use that as an example too, what he's done in the past. But I just think right now, I think Eric Spolster is now fifth all time in playoff wins. And you said it, this roster, with how they did in the regular season, they should not be where they are. And they've got to win over the Knicks in this series. Like, I think that's a testament to the coaching and the system that they have there, the organizational system they have in Miami. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They they they're hardworking people. Like I said, Eric Spolster has a, a great story. Um, just the the way he came up and now getting his shot and, and making the most of it and just getting the most out of his players. I think is what uh, every every player wants. Um, he's de- he demands respect. He gets respect. He talks with his players. You can see him communicating with his players and not just me, me, me. Uh, he takes advice from his players, and I, I think that I, I love I love that as a former player seeing that, and uh, I'm sure the players do too. Yeah, there's a lot of accountability there, and it goes both ways. Like, he holds yeah. players accountable, but he also takes – if something goes wrong, he's the first rule yeah, leadership yeah. is it's your fault. And I love yeah, yeah. the way he carries himself and those teams, and he could easily, after the big three with LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh, he could have very well been like, okay, this is going to go under. I don't have my star players anymore. He has kept the heat relevant yeah, as yeah, head coach, sure, right? and there's no sign of slowing down either with the way things are going. They've got to win over the Knicks, who I – one of the most intriguing teams in the playoffs still standing. Hmm. And uh, yes, I've heard Stephen A on first take. I actually, it's for, it is must see material when the Knicks are winning playoff games to see Stephen yeah. A on ESPN. Like yeah, for sure. <laughs> he, can, he can back it up too with how, with how he covered the NBA for so long. Like I don't mind the fact that he showcases his fandom. I, I really yeah. enjoy it because I get yeah. that way about another Chicago team that had an okay draft. Um, and I'll be that way when the bulls finally get to the top of the mountain too. But the big question the Knicks have to answer is Julius Randle. Doesn't seem healthy. Missed game one. That's going to be something to watch as the Heat go on. Now that Heat are up one nothing, and I that, that game is that game two is coming up. Is that tonight, Monday night that they play, or are they playing tomorrow, Tuesday? Uh, they play Tuesday. So after this drops, so the Heat are up one nothing. Uh, game two is Tuesday night. Very curious to see how the Knicks respond with Randall yeah. in and out of the lineup. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think, like I said, even more. I think it's uh, how is Jimmy's ankle going to respond? Is he going to be yeah. a liability out there? Is he going to be hobbling? Is he going to be able to push through it? Uh, for me, I think the next win game too, uh, like I said, and then 
maybe Jimmy doesn't even play, just sits it out and just rest up and try to uh, see if the way he can win without him. You know, just wait till you get back to Miami and try to try to go uh, game three. No, I think I think Jimmy's gonna play. I think or if he can, I mean, I think yeah. his I think his foot's gotta be falling off for him to miss this game. Yeah, like, me too. I but mean, I would I would I would as a coach, I would be like, hey, just just rest and you know, just save it for game three. <laughs> right. As a coach, you'd be saying that. And I agree with you. Yeah. But uh, thinking Jimmy Butler here, is he gonna yeah. actually do that, or is he gonna say? After that, I'm going to go play. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's probably playing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know he said, like, playoff Jimmy's not a thing. It's yeah. a thing. Playoff yeah, Jimmy's yeah. a different animal. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I miss him so much. I can't get over <laughs> it. But, you know, again, that, that trade I defended at the time. Well, it is what it is. I think no matter what, he'd have been gone. But I think he yeah. came out on the right end of it. And a couple other series going on. I got Nuggets, Suns. Uh, Nuggets dominated game one. Sixers Celtics is interesting because Joel Embiid's got that knee that yep. he kept. It might keep him out. He might try to play. It seems like reports have been kind of back and forth on what he's going to do, just because that injury should keep him out a couple of weeks, and yet he's still on the court. So yeah. we'll it's we'll see how that all goes. But this is going to be exciting. The these next round with the semifinals, getting to the conference final. We have no Bulls news to talk about. We're just going to talk about playoff basketball and how we're wishing we were talking about the team that we cover. Right. Being yeah, in the yeah. playoffs, but until then, I'll live vicariously through Jimmy Butler. I don't care. Yeah. That would not he was, be. He was once time. a bull, so it kind of kind of correlates. Exactly, it's the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. You know, yeah, like, we can we can make this work. Like it's we'll, we'll be here recapping all playoff action again. It, if you missed it, we're once a week now in the off season. There again, the fact that we had no Bulls news to talk about after a week tells you why we're once a week now. But you know, this we're still going to be talking NBA, and we I don't know, we, we might bring some guests on or something if it gets too boring. But so far the excitement of the playoffs has been outstanding and I'm very excited to see how this week goes when we meet back up here on Monday because so far it's been living up to the billing yeah it's been living up to, to it's been electric it's been everything that we can hope for as, as a fan to watch you know playoff basketball um so I'm definitely interested in see the second round how it starts and uh continues it's also nice for me now that I'm not covering the NFL draft I was the only I covered it for on three I was I covered pick number one through pick 259. And an hour worth of undrafted free agents. So I did not get to watch a lot of the playoff action Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but I was following through Twitter because I had Twitter up the whole time. Um, but, you know, watching that, being able to sit down and watch these games is going to be nice and yeah. not have to worry about, oh, hey, who's trading up for who? That That's over right. now. I can actually relax when looking at my computer. It's going to be nice. Right. Um, that was a crazy weekend. But another crazy week ahead here. Playoff action coming at you. We'll be back here next week talking about it. That's a wrap for this week's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network presented by BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code BLEAV, 50% welcome bonus. It's a good time for that. You've got the playoffs. you got baseball. NBA draft lotteries coming up soon. I'm sure there's stuff you can do with that. And buy our shirt, Jordan Pippen, 98, The Last Dance, shop.believe.com. CJ, another fun show, even though we got to relive the dark years. That was the Jim Boylan era. Uh, we'll see what we have in store next week. There's... I mean, Lakers, Lakers Warriors is going to be the talking point for the next couple yeah. of weeks. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, me too. I can't. LeBron versus Steph, I can't wait. I can't wait either. Like, the last time this happened was when the J.R. Smith meme came right. around. Like, <laughs> if, if we get another one of those, we'll, <laughs> that's going to be something. But we'll see everybody back here next week. Enjoy the playoff basketball. See everybody uh, next week. Yep. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.